the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. The reason that God does this is because the Bible tells us God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, and His desire is for the wicked to turn from His ways and live and turn back to God. You know, He's not willing that any would perish in their sins. And so He stops at nothing. He does everything He can to get sinners to turn back to Him, to get sinners to repent. God wants every one of His children to give up their lives of sin and to live for Him. Even when the people of Judah refused to turn from their sin, He repeatedly gave them opportunities to repent and start living for Him again. His mercy and grace never stopped. And as you will see today with Pastor Dan, this holds true still today. The message Jeremiah had of turning from idols and sin and to worshiping God alone is just as much for you today. Do you keep God at the center of your heart and live for Him? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. All right, we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 5. You want to turn there in your Bible for me? Jeremiah chapter 5. We're also going to look at Revelation 16 and Deuteronomy 11 and possibly Psalm 73. So Revelation 16, Deuteronomy 11, and Psalm 73. Jeremiah 5, Deuteronomy 11, Revelation 16, Psalm 73. Well, Jeremiah was a last day's prophet in the kingdom of Judah. Uh, Remember, he's preaching to the last generation in Judah. He's preaching to the generation that will experience God's judgment against the kingdom. Uh, He witnessed the destruction of Judah and the city of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians. He witnessed the judgment of God coming down upon uh, the nation. And so as we uh, study the book of Jeremiah, uh, we, we get a, a picture of uh, what was going on in the nation of Judah just before judgment came, just before uh, God poured out his judgment on that nation. We get a picture of what was happening in the nation spiritually. Where was the nation spiritually? Where were the people in their relationship with God? What was their attitude? What was their heart towards God? Um, And I I believe that we are living in the last days of our generation, 
I believe that we see things happening in our world that are an indication that we very well may be the last generation before we find ourselves in, you know, the end times events with the tribulation period, with the rapture of the church and the tribulation period where God pours out his judgment on the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so as we're studying Jeremiah, we see uh, similarities or we see parallels between what was happening in Judah spiritually uh, and what was happening and what is happening in the world today. You know, what was happening in their last days and what is happening in our last days. Uh, in the previous chapters, um, the Lord warned the kingdom of Judah uh, that he would judge them for their rebellion if they do not repent. Uh, and now we come to chapter 5, and in chapter 5, the Lord explains his justification for his coming judgment. So he's laid out and told them, uh, you know, if you don't repent, if you don't turn back to me, he's extended an invitation to them over and over to return to him, to come home to him. And if they don't, judgment's going to come upon them. Now in chapter 5, he explains why he's going to judge them. He's going to give kind of his his case. He's going to make his case here in chapter 5. He begins in verse 1 by saying, Run, he's speaking to Jeremiah here, Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, See now and know and seek in her open places if you can find a man, if there is anyone who executes judgment, who seeks the truth, and I will pardon the city. And so God tells Jeremiah to go throughout the whole city of Jerusalem and look for just one man who exercises judgment and who seeks the truth, and God will pardon the city. Now, this is the first time in the book of Jeremiah that God asks Jeremiah to do a a symbolic act, the symbolic act of actually walking through the streets of Jerusalem looking for this one righteous man who seeks the truth. Uh, As we'll see as we work our way through Jeremiah, God is going to ask Jeremiah to do many symbolic acts. And these symbolic acts are a visual illustration to the people of Jerusalem. Uh, And he asked Jeremiah to do this symbolic act and the other symbolic acts um, as a way of, of getting the attention of the people because they're not listening to his preaching. They're not responding to his preaching. And so what God begins to do with Jeremiah, he does the same thing with Ezekiel. He has them do kind of these visual illustrations, these acts, and some of them are are kind of bizarre, kind of strange as we see, as we work our way through. Uh, But he's doing this to try to get the attention of the the audience. Uh, You see Jesus do a similar thing in the New Testament and the Gospels with parables where he's teaching, and then he switches at some point to teaching in parables. And that was a way of getting the audience's attention again, like an illustration. And Jesus used that method uh, to keep the attention of the audience. And here we see in the Old Testament with Jeremiah, God will have Jeremiah do these different symbolic acts to get the attention of the people because they're not listening to his preaching. 
And I think one of the things that this shows us, it, it shows us just the lengths that God goes to to convince sinners to repent. He doesn't give up on us very easily. God doesn't say, all right, well, I've told them. I've told them a second time and a third time. Three strikes, you're out. No, God has told them and told them and told them. They're not responding to the word. And so now he has Jeremiah do this little visual illustration walking through the streets of Jerusalem. And in a sense, God condescends now down to this to this action here. And the reason that God does this is because the Bible tells us God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, and his desire is for the wicked to turn from his ways and live and turn back to God. You know, he's not willing that any would perish in their sins. And so he stops at nothing. He does everything he can to get sinners to turn back to him, to get sinners to repent. You see that here with Jeremiah. He's doing everything he can to get the people of Judah and Jerusalem to turn back to him. God stops at nothing. He just is relentless in trying to persuade sinners to repent, even going as far as sending his own son to die on the cross for us. Look at verse 1 again. God tells Jeremiah, search every street, in Jerusalem for just one just man who seeks the truth. And here in verse 1, the word truth, it doesn't mean truth like truth versus falsehood. This word truth means faithfulness or fidelity. God is looking for just one faithful person, one person in Jerusalem who is faithful to God, one person who is faithful to God's word. And if there's just one person in the city of Jerusalem, God will spare that city from judgment. It reminds us of the story of Sodom back in Genesis chapter 18. But you remember the story of Sodom in Genesis 18. God said he would spare Sodom if he found 10 righteous people in the city of Sodom. For Jerusalem now, he lowers the bar. And he says, if there's just one guy there in the city of Jerusalem, I'll spare the city. Jerusalem at this point is more ungodly than Sodom was. You could say Jerusalem is ten times worse than Sodom at this point. Ten times more immoral than Sodom. Where now God says, hey, for Jerusalem, if there's just one person there who is faithful to me, who's faithful to the word, I'll spare the entire city of judgment. Now, this shows us, listen, this shows us that God does not judge the righteous with the wicked. God does not condemn the righteous with the wicked. He spares a city or he'll spare a nation or he will even spare the whole world of his judgment for the sake of the presence of the righteous people that are there. This is one reason why I believe that the church will be removed from the earth by God before the tribulation begins, before God begins to pour out his wrath on this earth and his judgment on this earth for its wickedness. He's going to remove the believers that are on this earth because he has not appointed us to wrath, 
He doesn't condemn the righteous with the wicked, as we see here. And so Jeremiah, he goes, he searches the whole city of Jerusalem. He goes high and low, up and down every street, looking for just one righteous person in the city, one faithful person, and there was not one righteous person found in Jerusalem, not one person that was faithful to God. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. He says in verse 2, Though they say, as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. As the Lord lives was a common saying in the Old Testament times. Uh, People said, as the Lord lives, whenever they made an oath, but it had no meaning. It was just something that people said, but they didn't mean it when they said it. Much like uh, how people today will say, I swear, or I swear to God, I'll do it. I swear to God, I'll be there. But they're not really taking an oath to God. It's just something that people say today. There's no meaning behind it. It's empty. Well, in those days, people were still using uh, religious language, religious speech, but it was all superficial. It was just a superficial piety. It was a form of godliness, but it wasn't real. Again, when we compare this to the last days that will come upon the earth in the future, we're told in the New Testament that in the last days, people will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and yet they will have a form of godliness. And they'll deny its power. And so in the last days, uh, people will have a form of godliness. In the last days of Judah, the people had a form of godliness, but it wasn't real, it wasn't true. Verse 3, it says... O Lord, Yahweh, are not your eyes on the truth? God is looking for fidelity. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for people who are faithful to him and to his word. You have stricken them, speaking of Judah, but they have not grieved. They haven't grieved over their sin. You have consumed them. You've destroyed them. Remember the Assyrians came in. Remember that in Isaiah? The Assyrians came in and destroyed every city in Judah except for the city of Jerusalem. 46 cities in all. They've been consumed. But they have refused to receive correction. In fact, they have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to return. God chastened Judah. To correct them. Bible says God chastens whom he loves. He loves them. And he chastened Judah. But she refused to receive correction. She refused to repent. Instead she made her face 
harder than rock. She became more determined not to repent. Judah became harder, you know, more stiff-necked against the Lord. And again, when we compare that to the tribulation that will come upon the earth, uh, when God chastens the whole world, people will refuse to repent, even though they know that it is the chastening of God. They will refuse to repent. Uh, Turn with me over to Revelation 16. Revelation 16. This is in the tribulation period, which is a seven-year period that will come upon the earth. You'll have the rapture of the church where God removes the church from the earth. And then you have the seven-year tribulation period where God is pouring out his wrath and judgment on a Christ-rejecting world. For seven years. And we looked at that when we studied the book of Revelation. All the different judgments that will come upon the earth. 21 different judgments in all over the course of seven years. And here, look at um, chapter 16, verse 8. These are the bold judgments. And this is just an example here of how unrepentant the people will be. Verse 8. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and power was given to him to scorch men with fire and men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues and they did not repent and give him glory. Even though they're being scorched by the sun and they know that it's the judgment of God coming against them. They blaspheme God. They shake their fist and curse God. But they do not repent. They do not give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. They just refused to repent. You know, with each judgment, the people just become harder. They just become harder, just like we see back in Jeremiah, where the people just became, you know, harder than rock. They're just more determined than ever. They're not going to turn back to the Lord. They're not going to repent. Verse 4, Therefore I said, Surely these are the poor. These are the foolish. He's talking about the regular people, the common people. For they do not know the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. I will go to the great men, the leaders, and speak to them. For they have known the way of the Lord and the judgments of their God. Jeremiah says, well, you know, this is just the response of the common people, the regular people. I'll go to the leaders of Judah who know the law of God, who know the ways of the Lord, who know the judgment of their God. But look at the end of verse 5. But these, the leaders, have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. The leaders have thrown off God's yoke. (laughs) You know, he thinks, well, this is just what the common people say. I'm going to go to the leaders. The leaders are worse than the regular people. They've thrown off the yoke of God. They don't want God at all. They don't want God ruling over them in any way. It's very similar to the prophecy that's given in Psalm 2. I'll read it for you. You don't have to turn there. But in Psalm 2, 
there it says in verse 1, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. The rulers there, it says, the leaders take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the Messiah. It's Jesus saying, let us break their bonds in pieces. Let us cast away their cords from us. And so in the last days of Judah, before judgment came, the leaders didn't want God ruling over them. They didn't want God at all or the word of God to have any kind of authority over them and the way they govern. And we're told again in in the last days that are to come, uh, that the people will throw off the yoke of God and the yoke of God's words. And instead they will trust in an antichrist. They'll trust in this world leader that is a replacement for Christ because they don't want God. They don't want God's rules. They don't want God's word ruling over them. So verse six now, because they've done this, therefore a lion from the forest shall slay them. A wolf of the desert shall destroy them. A leopard will watch over their cities Everyone who goes out from there shall be torn in pieces because their transgressions are many and their backslidings have increased. This judgment will come upon the nation. It will be unsafe for everyone. You know, judgment is inevitable for those who rebel against God and God's authority, God's lordship. And so we're told here at the end of verse 6, that this judgment comes because their transgressions are many and their backslidings have increased. God has chastened them. God has tried to correct them, but they didn't receive correction. They refused to turn back to God. They refused to repent. In fact, they became more determined in their sin. They made their faces harder than rock. God warned them over and over and over and over through all of the prophets that he sent, and they ignored the warnings of God. God did everything he could do. God did everything he could do for them, and nothing worked. And so in verse 7, God asks the question, how shall I pardon you for this? How shall I pardon you for this? Your children have forsaken me. And sworn by those that are not God, speaking of idols. When I had fed them to the full, I've blessed them, I've prospered them, I've provided for them abundantly. And how do they repay God? Then they committed adultery, a spiritual adultery, and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's house. They lined up for the harlot's house to commit spiritual adultery. God says here, how shall I pardon you for this? And God has laid out his case here against Judah. And in light of all that God has done for them, there was no reason now why God should have forgiven Judah. They're guilty. He asked me how I know, and I said, 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.